Welcome to Cowboy Church with your host, Russ Weaver and Susie McIntyre. So sit back and enjoy some good singing, some great testimony, and some good preaching. Welcome to Cowboy Church. Hello, I'm Russ Weaver. And I'm Aubrey Bullock-Nieper, and we're here in beautiful North Carolina at the Cowboy Church's Roundup Revival with Pastor Ken Reams. We're here for the second week, and yes, so we, we got the we got the kind of heads up on uh, the, it's our version of is your wood wet, but yours is have you ran out of fuel or have you gone to sleep or, and the need to redo that. Right. This week, this week we'll get the challenge of, of what? Of, well, we're just gonna have some bullet points about, you know, the, the signs that your fire's going out and things that, that people relate to that Sometimes you don't see right offhand, but the, the indicators are there that you're cooling off and that your your embers aren't as bright as they used to be. It's kind of a fire detection deal, huh? Yes, sir. So if if those of you who are, uh, if you're firefighters, you'll understand what he's talking about, but we're not trying to put the fire out here. Right, we're, we're trying to relight it. We're trying to relight it. <laughs> yes, sir. We're trying to get some wood in the fireplace and fuel in the tank, and we're trying to get some power going. At, Aubrey, have you ever just gotten to a point in your life that you just, you just thought, Ugh, I gotta, I don't have anything left right now? Yeah, I mean, I think there's always uh, times in our lives where we feel like we're a little low and we need, we need to add fuel to our fire and we need to, you know, reunite and reconnect with God and refuel our passions and, um, yeah, definitely. So if you're in a place like that, this guy's got the answers for you. He's coming up in a little while. We'll be right back. Thank you. So in the midst of all the heartache, of all the things and all the struggles that we are, God helps us to become stronger. And that's what this country is based on. So world, bring on the rain. Bring on the troubles because we are in this world. But our God says, I have overcome the world. Another day has almost come and gone. I can't imagine what else could go wrong. Sometimes I'd like to hide away somewhere and lock the door. A single battle lost, but not the war, no. Tomorrow's another day. So bring on the rain It's almost like the hard times circle round Another drop and they all start coming down Yeah, I might feel defeated And I might hang my head I might be barely breathing, but I'm not dead, no. Tomorrow's another day, and I'm thirsty anyway, so bring on the rain. Tomorrow's 
Cause tomorrow's another day And I am not afraid So bring on the rain Tomorrow's another day And I'm thirsty anyway So bring on the rain Bring I wouldn't get in the pulpit and get political for nothing. That's not what I'm doing. Uh, I wrote this song uh, about a week and a half ago, and it just came from after watching the news, and I just got up. I couldn't watch it anymore. I was so disgusted. And we got big problems here, folks. Uh, and I'm not talking about just one side of the aisle. We got problems on both sides of the aisle. And I, I just wrote a little song about to, I want to encourage people to get your thinking cap on and get ready because next year's an election year, and Again, I'm not getting political, telling nobody how to vote, but we got to make some changes. I really do. So uh, that's what this song's all about. Let me share it with you. America, get ready. A storm is coming soon that will sweep across this land, dividing all the sheep. From those who'll take a stand The enemy we're facing Wants to have complete control But we know our God is for us In the battle for our soul America, get ready Cause you're about to see The majority rise up To keep our nation free We've had enough The time has come to right All that is wrong Oh, America, get ready, because we're taking back our home. We're watching evil work before our very eyes. When those in charge are talking, all they do is lie. They put our country last. And it's been going on too long. They're about to reap the harvest of the seeds that they have sown. America, get ready, because you're about to see the majority rise up to keep our nation free. We've had enough. The time has come to right all that is wrong. Oh, America, get ready, because we're taking back our home. Our liberty is gone if we don't make a change. The way of life we've known will never be the same. Oh, America, get ready, because 
see the majority rise up to keep our nation free. We've had enough, the time has come to right all that is wrong. Oh, America, get ready, cause we're taking back our home. We've had enough, and the time has come to right all that is wrong. Oh, America, get ready, cause we're taking back our home. We're taking back our home. And may God bless us in the journey. One of the most famous revivals in the last century was the Wales Revival. Have any of y'all, have any of y'all ever heard of that? The Wales Revival. 100,000 people came to know Christ in five months. Uh, in 1904, 1905, that revival swept the rest of Britain, went through other countries, Scandinavia, parts of Europe, North America. The whole nation was having revival. But I'm going to tell you the one amazing thing that, that tickled me in this was there was an amazing thing that I read that the mines, the mines in the area were having trouble getting their mules to work because so many of the miners had been converted to Christ. The mules only knew how to work when they were cussed at. When miners quit cussing, the mules didn't understand their commands and didn't know how to work. The revival swept over the country. It changed thousands of people. The event, it was out of the hands of the people experiencing what was happening. But looking into our scripture, you know, just, just touching in 2 Chronicles 7, verses 11 through 16, we, we have a description of God talking to King Solomon. He, he's finished the temple, and God tells him that it's acceptable. He tells him that because the people are currently right with God, he will hear their prayers. But he also warns them that when they drift away and bad things happen, he will hear their prayers in the temple. In the temple. When the people pray in the temple, he'll know that the people want to return to him. Then he'll respond again. The scripture goes on to tell what will happen if the people choose not to return to God? If they choose to worship false gods, if they worship money, if they worship entertainment, lust of all forms, God will eventually remove all of his blessings. If the people of Solomon's day forget about God and go after the normal everyday temptations, they'll eventually come into big trouble. Well, folks, we're no different today. We're no different today. As a nation, I just wonder where we are within this definition. Are we in the first stage? Are we in the first stage of uh, the, the wicked ways that if we repent, everything will be made right? I hope so. I pray so. Because if we go longer and we fail to repent to the point that God removes his blessings... We're going to have an extended period of hardship. We'll have to be brought back 
into a relationship by complete brokenness of our nation. I don't even want to think what that's going to be like. A complete brokenness of a nation. And from this scripture, it's clear that God knows our nature. He knows how humans are. He created us. He knows how we make choices. But he also gave us the opportunity to repent. As individuals, we need to recognize as part of a nation that we have to respond to any problems that we might have in God's sight. If we've quenched the spirit, we need to let it go and we need to be revived by God. Unfortunately, changing ourselves is impossible. But an even bigger problem is allowing God to change you. Most of us admit it. We don't like change, do we? Most of us don't like change. We don't like recognizing our own sins and our own problems. Anybody here like being told you're wrong? You're not doing that right? Nobody likes that. Nobody likes to recognize when they're wrong. Nobody likes to be recognized for their sins. We don't like admitting we have problems, especially in front of other people. It's easy to say that we want revival, but it's hard to really mean it. The problem is when revival comes, usually some great things happen. God's people will have a new passion for prayer and for worship and for God's Word. You're not going to have to beg people to come to church. They're going to show up. And when revival comes, you're going to see that renewed confession of sin and a real renewed commitment to holiness. And a lot of the things God's people used to tolerate, they're not going to tolerate anymore because God is going to change the desires of your heart just like those miners cussing at the mules. God's going to change those desires in your heart. So in response to revival, we admit to and we actively change with God's help. Then you're going to see an increased burden. You're going to start to care for the lost. You're going to start to care for the hurting people that don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's going to affect you in an emotional way. It's going to affect you in a painful way. I'm talking about deep grief with tears for people that you've never met. Real revival is almost always followed by numbers of people coming to Christ. When God's people are revived, we, me and you, we become an acceptable place for God to send the people that's searching for him. We become that place. But revival, it can't be manufactured. It can't be planned and it can't be forced. If it could, I would, I would have already bought that kit and been using it. But revival is sent from heaven. God chooses the time. God chooses the place. And God chooses the people he's going to use to start those fires. 
Revival is a sovereign visitation from God where He reanimates and He restores life into His weak and sleeping church. I'm still stuck on the question, do we really want revival? Are you willing to endure the changes that are going to be required of you? I can't remember who it was I was talking with in the back yesterday. Do you really want revival? Are you willing to endure the changes? We were talking to this gentleman the other day about, uh, uh, about patience. Any of y'all in here have prayed for patience? Be careful what you pray for. Be careful what you pray for. So if you want revival and you're willing to endure the changes, get ready because God's going to use you. How are you going to respond to some of those extra sinful people or some of those that don't fit in, they don't look like you, they don't act like you when they walk through the doors of your church? How are you going to treat them? What's your mindset? Are you going to share that revival with them? And maybe the question we should ask first, and, and instead of do you really want revival, is do you really need revival? Well, my answer is yes. Absolutely we do. Because we're prone to take our love for God for granted. It's easy to let relationships get stale in one way. People are so predictable. It's like the relationships we have with other people. And I'm sure each one of us, can. somebody's going to pop into your head where you have a close friend that may live next door, may live right down the road. And you're good friends, but you never talk anymore. You don't have any communications with that person anymore. You're willing to tell anybody in the world that asks, yeah, they're my friends. But those people have to ask. You don't volunteer we get comfortable in our relationships and we let the fires start cooling these relationships off. We take the people we love for granted and it's exactly the same thing we do with God. Exactly. There was a little church in rural Tennessee. They had a revival meeting every spring. And it, this older man in town, he'd come every spring and renew his life to God. He did it every year. But in the fall, he'd start to cool off. And by winter, he'd get cold, and they wouldn't see him for weeks at a time. But in the spring, at, the, at their yearly revival, he'd get fired up again. The first night of the revival, he'd come in, he'd sit on the back row. The next night of the revival, he might be a couple rows up. The next night, he might be a couple more rows up. Till finally the fourth or fifth night, he's sitting on the front row shouting at the top of his lungs, Feel me, Lord. Feel me. Little old lady in the back said, You better be careful, Lord. He leaks. Our problem is that we all tend to leak. The Lord fills us with his spirit, and he starts the fire in our hearts. But after a while, that fire just doesn't burn as hot as it once did, and we start to cool off. The question is, how can we know that we need revival? Ultimately, some things need to change. The only way to change is to turn from our sinfulness and turn back to God. It's called repentance. 
To repent means to turn from your wicked ways. It's recognizing our sinfulness and changing who we are. It's not enough just to say, yeah, I'm a sinner, oh well. It's moving from sinner to saint as much as we can. We're not perfect. We're never going to be perfect. But it's calling on God to help us move towards grace, towards healing, and towards a spiritual wholeness. We're lazy. We cheated. We stole. We lusted. We overate. We're bitter. We're angry, filled with envy. Whatever it is, we need to recognize that and we need to repent. Whatever our wicked ways are, revival means turning from those ways and turn to the ways that pleases God. It's a definite break with the past and a deliberate change in direction is what it is. But we also need to recognize God will answer us in His way, according to His plan and in His timing. God is sovereign, but God has the plan. It's easy to tell God what He needs to do. We all do that. I want this. I want that. We can't limit God to what he can do because if we let him lead our lives, he may have more in store for us than we can ever imagine. But I'll tell you this, even when God doesn't answer in the way we want, we still need to trust him and we still need to lay, put our faith in his plan. If we do our part, God will most certainly do his if we humble ourselves, if we pray, if we seek his face, and if we turn from our wicked ways, God will answer. I truly believe that. We're a divided nation. We've turned away from God. We've rebelled against God. And the answer, I hate to enforce some of y'all. Eric sang a little bit about it. The answer, it ain't in Washington, D.C., it doesn't have anything to do with politics at all. Our greatest need is spiritual and turning back to God one at a time. One cowboy, one cowgirl at a time. It starts by looking in the mirror and seeing who we have become. Any revival starts with me. It starts with you. What stands between you and God right now? What roadblocks have you set up? God's not going to get in the way. I'm going to get in the way. You're going to get in the way. How do we dedicate ourselves to God to be a true Christ follower? How do we go about dedicating ourselves? What has to change? Are we willing to change, to totally dedicate ourselves to Christ? We know that when we dedicate our efforts to the Lord, He's going to use them for His glory. Revival is not just changing your behavior. Revival is falling back in love with God Almighty. And God's always going to be there. He's always faithful. Pray with me. Almighty God, please, Lord, I just ask you to forgive us, to forgive us of our sins. Father, I pray this afternoon, Lord, I just pray that you'll relight the fire in each one of our hearts. Lord, let revival start with each one of us right here, right now, today. And Lord, if there's anyone here that hadn't accepted you as their personal Savior, Lord, I just pray that you'll touch that heart. Touch that heart. 
Lord, just help us all to live worthy of your calling. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.